Hello and welcome to another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie out of the greater Cincinnati area, northern Kentucky and the greater Dayton areas and that above and north of Cincinnati as well. Welcome to the new year, to 2024, and in this new year, and for the past few months, we have definitely been inspecting a lot of investment properties for, well, investors, flippers, uh, people who are looking to flip and sell, people who are looking to hold and put in their portfolio, people who are looking for cash flow items to have uh, people lease and have those monthly rents coming in, etc. Well, as you know, as part of that equation, there's a lot of things that investors need to be concerned with and need to take into account. I wouldn't say not so much for to be concerned with, but as far as taking into account, there are things that even the savviest investors do not think about. So we're going to focus this episode on one of those items. And in that, we're going to be talking about the famous Natalie Wood, and I don't remember the name of the actor, but she played Maria, and he played Bernardo in the 1961 movie West Side Story. I don't much care to watch the remake that Spielberg did. I'm not going to get into an argument with people about that. I frankly just don't care about remakes that much. Um, The fact that they remade The Three Stooges tells you all you need to know. Um, Leave old movies alone, the original's always better. But if you remember on the fire escape scene, and she's saying, or he's saying, I want to be with you, and she says, only for a minute. He says, well, I can't be for a minute, it's got to be longer, she says. Well, what about an hour? Well, it's going to take you at least an hour to inspect a fire escape. Fire escapes are very important. And they are something that can cost hundreds of dollars, upwards of thousands of dollars even. So when you are an investor, the worst thing you can do is to pretend the fire escape's not there, to ignore it, to pretend that it will go away, and to not be concerned with it at all. Okay, so let's cover the opposite of that. The savvy investor who does realize there's a fire escape there and as part of their property valuation in the due diligence period does in fact have that inspected so that you're not stuck with something like what would be just as bad to ignore the sewer line and not have that scoped and be stuck with a five dollars to $10,000 sewer line replacement expense or capital expense, or capital expenditure. Um, So, let's talk about the fire escape. What are fire escapes? Why are they there? Why are they on multifamily properties, but generally not on single-family properties? Well, because you are going to have separate entrances, and you're going to have, um, when you have more than one tenant in the building and so forth, you do have to provide that, method of egress for them to get out in case there's a fire. So you are going to see them more often on multifamily properties rather than single family properties. Um, 
and the property that is in the movie West Side Story, of course, is it's like a tenement building and it's a multifamily, obviously. Very elaborate fire escape. That fire escape in that movie, uh, looking back at that scene, which is on the, uh, if you're on Facebook or LinkedIn or on the Google business page or other places looking at this, um, that's where you're going to see that picture from that. That was a pretty elaborate fire escape when I uh, took that in, captured that and put it in for the front cover of this, but um, that's pretty elaborate. Most of them are not going to be that quite that elaborate. So let's talk about how these are constructed. They are attached to the building in the mortar, sometimes into the uh, joists, but generally just in the mortar themselves with anchors and so forth. So the, the questions you ask if you're looking at a fire escape are going to be, are there hazardous conditions? And what constitutes a hazardous condition? So we'll cover that. Is any remedial work required or needed? Okay, is your fire escape capable of performing its function? And I'll tell you about one that, that, that we just did recently and what happened there. Do you have a repair and maintenance program? And I'm, I know the answer to the last question is gonna be no. Um, <clears throat> we kind of find it out as we go. We kind of appropriate some, some annual maintenance money to take uh, out of the cash flow of our investment portfolio and we hope to always have spent less than that and, and have that increased profit. Well, yeah, of course, that's, that's the general plan. <clears throat> However, let's talk about each one of these and what constitutes um, a good, safe, usable fire escape and how to get there. So the question that you want to ask a seller um, is what do you know about it? Oh, well, we have no idea. Property disclosure, it was abandoned. We haven't, nobody's paid taxes on it forever. So uh, we bought it from the city at, a, at an auction. Okay, well, that's one possibility. What if you know something about it and the, the previous owner says, no, we never did maintenance. That's, that's probably going to be the most, 90% of the situations are gonna be like that. You may have one where they said, we painted it recently which was probably about 20 years ago. You may have one um, where they said they did some work and, and the one that we just did recently, believe it or not, some number of years ago, the welded steps, uh, treads, were actually drilled at the sides and bolts were installed. Well, that's a good thing. That actually was a positive. So you want to talk about what conditions make it usable? Because you need to be able to get on the fire escape. So that's number one. How do you get on the fire escape? If it's like a third floor window, is that window accessible? Can you open that window and can a normal person uh, open that window and climb onto the fire escape? Are there flower pots and other things on the fire escape? Including we have seen air conditioners on fire escapes. That is an absolute no-no. You, you are supposed to have a clear means of egress onto the fire escape to be able to get down to the ground. So that falls into the operability category. Is it operable? Okay, well, the one that we just inspected recently, actually, we were not able to pivot the lower set of 
steps, which is the, the ladder at the bottom, which is cantilevered, which is a term. And so it's supposed to pivot at that cantilever with a counterweight that is maybe on a chain, and that ladder is supposed to swing down to the ground. <clears throat> it was not able to because those bolts, one on each side, were seized, corroded so much that it would not pivot. So that is definitely not operable. If you can't get on it safely to pivot down to the ground like that, then that's, a, that's definitely a finding. That's a repair that's needed. So we'll need some new bolts as, as a baseline. <clears throat> also, the bottom ladder should not drop straight down. That is called a guillotine um, <clears throat> type of a fire escape. And because that ladder can drop down and it weighs a lot, maybe upwards of 200 pounds, and if that hits somebody, it could kill them. So those types are not used anymore and should be replaced by the cantilever type that pivot. So you can see how the hundreds or thousands could come into play here. So what if you didn't have an inspection for your fire escape? What if you ignored it and somebody couldn't get out? Man, you got a you got a possible lawsuit on your hands in that case, okay? So they definitely do not ignore them. Um, obstructions. Uh, I've seen cases where if the ladder pivoted, people had air conditioners right below it, and the ladder would hit the air conditioner and not be able to um, to open all the way and, and have that ladder go down to the ground so you can get on it safely from the third floor, fourth floor, wherever, and get down to the ground. So when these all were built, air conditioners were not in place and didn't exist in these buildings in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and therefore people put air conditioners, when, when you put central air in place, people put the air conditioners wherever they could. That could be on the fire escape or directly below it. So you have to be real careful to not interfere with the operability of the fire escape. What are some other things that are safety items? We talked about being able to get out of the window, uh, or maybe it's a door. I've seen both cases. Usually it's a window. And there might be two windows that access that. So if, and, and if the fire escape is accessed only by one person's room, there should be a way for each of the, t if there's separate tenants, one on each on the front, uh, front apartment of that building and the uh, rear of, uh, apartment of that building on the upper floor, each should have a separate access to that fire escape. Okay, so there should be, everybody in the building should be able to access it, except of course the first floor people who don't need to. So, once you are on the fire escape, what about the bolts, the anchors holding it to the building? Is there missing mortar? Is there cracking? Is it loose? Uh, the one that I got on recently in the past few days of, of recording this, which is what gave me the idea to do this one, of course, um, this podcast, it was, it had issues, but it was definitely solid. It didn't move uh, when you walked on it. I mean, it was solidly attached to the building. No missing mortar, no brick cracking, etc. It simply just did not pivot and it had a whole lot of rust. So those were the two main issues with this one. 
I was able to climb out of the window and get on it with no problem. Um, but then again, if I were a six foot seven guy, I would probably have to kick in the window to get on it because it was just not a big enough opening for me. Um, okay, so some other things. Uh, I, I mentioned the guillotine type ladder dropping down with, with a hook release is, is not, not a desired um, set of ladder or stairs to get down to the ground. Another item is the treads. The treads and the components of the uh, fire escape should be bolted, not welded. Um, <clears throat> most of them back in the day were welded. Welds give, welds oxidize, and you have different levels of rust. Outer layer, inner layer, first, second layer. Um, rust can, can be very deep or it could just be surface superficial rust. And if that is the paint's flaking and rusting, then it's going to need to be sanded or, or steel wool brushed and then re reprimed and repainted. Those are very important items. Uh, and that's what the one that we just did the other day is going to need for sure. Um, after the fact, after it was built uh, several years ago, somebody did drill out where the welds were and the treads and they put bolts in to hold them in which is a good thing that definitely is an improvement um, so that's something that you definitely want to have is bolts also the railings that you hold on to going down the steps you always go down backwards when you're going down a fire escape um, those should have uh, posts in between the rails so children and, and people can't fall through um, you hold the handrail, but every couple feet there should be posts also that prevent people from, from falling through, small children from falling through if you are coming down the fire escape. I hope that makes sense. Kind of like your, your stairs um, going down a house. If you have uh, tines on them or posts, spindles, they should be every few inches or, or feet and not allow small children to fall through. So that's very important. Each municipal, each municipality, like the city of Cincinnati in this case, are going to have requirements for the fire escape. So you want to make sure you're in your area, your locale, um, you're going to be adhering to those requirements, and you can always look that up and ask and find out what those are. Um, and when you have that inspection to meet those requirements. So that's all very important. Uh, it should operate well, uh, should not have flaking, rusting areas, flaking paint, etc. So most fire escapes, if, you, if it gets inspected, is probably going to need something. The most common is going to be to deal with the rust and, and repainting it and making sure that the thing just works right and to make sure it's not falling off the building. Uh, I've inspected some where there was definitely missing mortar and it was unsafe to get on. I've seen those. I think everybody probably knows that those types exist, but the worst thing you can do as an investor is ignore it and, and take it for granted that it's all going to be okay or just pretend that it's not something that you need to deal with. So knowing that everybody listening to this is going to be 
very uh, follow-through oriented and as investors you're going to definitely take into account your fire escape and uh, get issues taken care of one of the things I would suggest that uh, you make sure you put in your leases is that you uh, are not allowed to put things on the fire escape uh, that means, you know, plants. Plants are one thing. I would, I've seen barbecues on them, uh, your grills, air conditioners, etc. Uh, your tenants need to be able to get out in a fire and still use the fire escape. So obstructions are, are a no-no. Um, and I hope that this has been useful to you and not just uh, gives you an idea to go watch the West Side Story. Uh, but also to be a good savvy investor and take into account all items in your investment, not just not just focus on the interior and renovation. You know, the outside matters as well. I will add also, uh, make sure the roof is good. That's going to be a big one. Make sure you can get on the roof. If at all possible, if you're going to do work on the roof, try to get the roofer to not roof over the roof hatch. The roof hatch is a very important item and if you put a padlock and so forth on it you can keep your tenant from going up there but it's very important to be able to access the roof and not leave it to just somebody with a 32 foot ladder. That's just useless or even a 40 foot ladder. Make it able to get on the roof and inspect it if you need to. That will save you money down the road. Fire escapes, the roof, foundation also make sure your gutters and downspouts are taking water away from the building away from the foundation seal around the sidewalks and areas between your foundation and your property and i'm saying this as an assumption that if you have a building with a fire escape it's going to be pretty old so i'm giving you advice about old properties historical properties you know maybe a hundred years or more old um, those are going to going to have the fire escapes 100 to 150 years those types of properties so if you can do those things then you can stay out of trouble and keep your cash flow going and keep your maintenance costs low until your until the next episode of the successful home ownership show this has been your host richard mckenzie out of the greater cincinnati area and i dedicate this episode to my lovely wife of 28 years, um, Maria McKenzie, uh, who actually was named after the West Side Story. So there's a little tidbit. Thank you for listening.